Bokar Tov. <coughs> We're about to finish the book of Shemuel for the 95th time. Uh, we are in the cryptic story of the plague of Am Israel. David is swayed by God to count Bnei Israel. It's unclear if the sin is his or the sin is Bnei Israel. There are varying opinions on what the whose sin this really is. And David counts Bnei Israel. This brings a plague upon Bnei Israel. Well, actually, it brings options to David. God, God Hanavi brings him a couple of options or three options of what can happen. Either you could have a plague, you could have hunger, or you could be chased by your enemy. He says, you know what? Let us fall in the hands of God because God is merciful. You say that during a thing also, Yom Kippur. Yeah, exactly. It's a, that's a famous uh, pasuk we say in Yom Kippur. Okay? And David chooses that. In the meantime, the plague starts and 70,000 people die. Now, we got up to the part in which the malach that it was uh, destroying, that's carrying out the destruction, meaning the agent of destruction, meaning the plague, mm-hmm. is about to reach Yerushalayim. If you look in the Yamim, actually it gives a lot more color to the story. It says that there was an angel with a, its spear pointed at Yerushalayim. And David sees that the, the evil is about to come to Yerushalayim. So, uh, but then God, Hashem, not God Hanavi, but God, G-O-D, says, <clears throat> he says, let's not destroy Yerushalayim, uh, bring back your hand, and that angel that was going to destroy Yerushalayim was, was at the threshing floor of Goren, of, of Aravna Hayabusi, Aravna the Jebusite. If you remember from Sefer Yoshua, which you should all remember because we just did it yesterday, uh, I'm kidding, um, the, the Yevusi people still occupied Yerushalayim, and even after David in Shmuel Aleph, I believe, destroyed the Yevusi people of Yerushalayim, it seems like he allowed some to stay. That is because even among the seven, tri- the seven peoples of the land of Israel, if they committed to the ways of the Torah, or at least got rid of their Avodah Zarah, we didn't kill them. You know, you would just make them a subservient class of people that had to keep the values and the laws of the Torah. So it seems like this guy was like a Yibusi Tzadik, he was a righteous Yibusi who got to stay. And he happened to still be owning, be the owner of the land of the Beit HaMikdash territory. Okay? And, this is, and this is what happens. And it, it's at his land that the plague stops. Whenever, whenever the plague is, uh, you know, is going about through Israel. Um, another opinion, by the way, on how it's possible that someone from one of the seven nations could have remained in Israel. Is that he was known as a Yibusi, but he was really a Pelishti guy. And Pelishtim, because they're... Not one of the seven people. They don't. They're not. You don't have to destroy them all. Okay. So, but I like the first opinion. All right. Verse seventeen. David said to God when he sees the angel that's killing the people. He said the sin is mine. I'm the one who who sinned. I'm the one who did the the wrong thing in counting the people. And these sheep. What did they do? The sheep, meaning his people. Right. Let your hand be on me and on my father's house. Let the punishment be brought upon me. Pretty noble words from David. So God Hanavi comes to David again. He says, you know what? Get up and go make an altar in the threshing floor of Aravna, the Jebusite where the future Beit HaMikdash is going to be built. I mean, go bring an altar there, and that's going to assuage the anger of God, and that's going to cause the anger to go away, and the plague will end. And David does according to the word of God, the Navi, 
exactly as Adonai commanded. And then David is heading towards Arabna to go make a, 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 an altar in his land. And Arabna uh, looks up. And he sees the king's people coming, the king and his people coming towards him. And Arabna comes and he bows to the king on his face to the floor. Which is out of a sign of respect. I mean, Aravna, he wasn't a bad guy. We're going to see he's not a bad guy, which is probably why he's left to exist whenever David had already beat the Yibusi people of Yerushalayim. Okay? So he's a, he's a respectful guy. He respects David. And he says, He said, Why has my master the king come to his servant? See the respect he's speaking with. He says, In order to buy from you this, this is a plot of land, to build a Mizbeach to God, so that the plague will cease from amongst the people. And he says, forget buying it, just take, and you should bring, take my animals, and whatever you want to bring as a korban to, to Hashem, you could bring yourself. There's cows for an ola, morigim, what how does it translate morigim? There are cows for an ola, and? Morigim are it's uh, the, for, No, it's oxen. the wood, it's the wood. Oxen. Mori, no, no, it's the wood. Oxen, and then? Four wood. Yeah, and then the wood. And then you have... Uh, other things that are used for korban, the kleha bakar, the vessels of the cows for wood. I don't know. Okay, but he says basically, he says you don't need to buy the land from me, David. You could just take my animal. I'll, 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 don- I'll donate it. I'll, I'll give it to you for free. What are you, what are you wasting your money? Okay, so he says come, and that's because he's a he's a good guy. This out of he's not a bad person. He's mm-hmm. as we could see, he is what a goy who is to be left in Israel should be. Noah Bodazara and Commitment to the king of Israel And respect for the God of Israel mm-hmm. To the extent that you could take my animals for free And serve it to Hashem mm-hmm. Why would I have any objection mm-hmm. Is he keeping all the detailed laws of the Torah And, the, and laws of Nida and stuff like that? No, probably not This guy out of none But does he have Me respect too. for the God of Israel and, and serve the God of Israel In a more general way Yes, that's what Arabna does Okay Pasuk of Gimel And all this All of this Aravna offered, Aravna the king calls him, he's like the, the king of his people. He was like the king of, the local king of, of the Jebusites in Yerushalayim. He offered it all to the king, David. And Aravna said to the king, to David, God should be pleased with you. Meaning take these things, take all the cows, take whatever you need, bring the korban on me, donation, and God will be pleased with you. And the, hopefully, of course, the, the, uh, the plague will stop. And the king said to Arabna, No, for I am going to buy from you with payment. And I'm not going to bring, I'm not going to bring free offerings to Hashem my God. And he bought the threshing floor and the cows from Arabna for 50 silver coins. Some say it was 50 silver coins per tribe and it came out to like 600 uh, silver coins. Uh, so it was a big payment. And he bought it from the Arabna Haibusi. He bought the land of the Temple Mount and he bought all of the animals to be slaughtered. Final Pasuk. 
Vayiven sham David Mizbeach Ladonai, and David built a Mizbeach there to Hashem, Vayal Olotu Shlamim, and he brought Olot and Shlamim offerings, Vayater Adonai Laaretz, and God answered the Tefillah of the land, Vateatzar Hamagefa, and the plague ceased, Meal Yisrael, from upon Israel. Chazak, Chazak, Benit Chazak. Okay, we finished the book of Shemuel. Uh, big, big zechut to finish the book of Shemuel, but let's just analyze the story a little bit more. David, he, he paid for it. He wanted to pay for it. It's yeah. like, it's for the same reasons that Avraham paid for Marat Yes, I was going to say, it seems like there's definitely a similarity between Avraham buying Marat and David buying the place of the Beit HaMikdash. There can't be any doubt as to the ownership of the land. Right. Another reason, by the way, they say he bought all these things. He ends up bringing those same animals that were belonged to Arabna. But he, he wanted to bring the Qurban not from the animals of a goy, lest there was some like funny business with the animals. He wanted to own it outright so it's his own animals. And he knows that they're clean and he knows everything is proper. I mean, he didn't want to bring the korbanot of someone who yesterday was a Obed Avodazara. That's what a lot of the Mephashim say also right. about uh, Arna Yibusi. Ultimately, it's a, it's a strange story. It finishes the, all the appendices of the book of Shemuel. One of the main themes that I'll read for you in the Radak is here. Where is it? It says, um, was it in the Radak? One of the main themes I'm going to tell to the outside is the acquiring of the, of the Beit HaMikdash. Okay? Acquiring the Beit The acquiring of, of the, the land. land of the Beit HaMikdash. I know, but it doesn't mention that they build the Beit HaMikdash. Yeah, but he brings uh, Mizbeach there, and we're going to see in, in Melachim that this is where the Beit HaMikdash is built. Okay? So he says here, Radak says, Uvadirash, the Midrash says, Kol ha'alafim ha'eleh shenafilu b'meh David lo nafilu ela al yedeh she lo tabi'u Beit HaMikdash. All of the thousands of people who died in this, in this plague, why did they, what was their sin? That they didn't ask for a Beit HaMikdash. That the people were settled in their land with a good king. And they didn't think to honor Hashem by building Hashem a house. And making Hashem officially their king. Through him having a respected house. And now Radak says, and it's a Kalva Homer. It's actually the Midrash saying it's a Kalva Homer. These people who didn't have the Beit HaMikdash ever, they were, had a plague because they didn't seek out and wish for the Beit HaMikdash. We say the rabbis of the Gemara, or the Midrash, who we saw the Beit HaMikdash, and it was destroyed in our time. All the more so, we should be seeking the Beit HaMikdash. Meaning from here, you see the importance of seeking the Beit HaMikdash, that there was a plague because they didn't seek the Beit HaMikdash. And the rabbis of the Gemara, or the Midrash, say, and we, who we had a glimpse of the Beit HaMikdash at its end, shouldn't we also seek out the Beit HaMikdash? Right? That thing, that Beracha, the Beit HaMikdash, came because of this. Because the rabbi saw, it's so important to wish for the Beit HaMikdash. And if David's time, they didn't even have one and they were punished for not wanting it, for us, that we know what it was like to have, all the more so we should want it, I feel like we should feel like the same way. Um, we have the state of Israel... But sometimes many of us just don't even want it. We, got, we have to remind ourselves that we should want it. Because it's a sin not to want it, you know. Not necessarily that we're going to end up like, uh, going tomorrow. But, but at least we should want it. It should be a goal. If it's not a value, and if it's not a goal, 
for you to end up there, then you're missing a whole piece of Yadut. Your Yadut is uh, half empty. Okay? Um, one last thing I liked about the story is the way we get a glimpse of what a Yevusi living in the land of Israel was like. Our enemies in Israel today should learn that this is the proper way to respect the dominant force in the land. I'm saying this seriously. We don't have, a, we don't have for some reason, we don't, have, we don't have enough confidence in our Yahadut. One minute. We, we don't have enough confidence in our Yahadut or in the Torah or in our righteousness or in our being right in owning the land of Israel to actually treat our enemies the way the Torah says we should be treating them. There should be complete respect to the law of Israel. There should be complete respect to the people of Israel. And there should even be complete respect to the God of Israel. But there seems to be none of that. And I think that's our own fault. It's our own fault because we're not, we're not enforcing it like David probably did. Mm-hmm. Bezer Hashem, we should learn. Baruch Adonai Lulam. Amen. 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 Amen.